السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا وسيئات أعمالنا من يحده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمد عبده ورسوله أما بعد Before us my brothers and sisters Before us is an extremely extremely important subject and an extremely important matter a topic that is extremely important for every single one of us male female young old rich poor every single one of us an extremely important topic that we're going to talk about today and a very important topic and book that we're going to study over the next coming weeks inshallah ta'ala an extremely important book and topic ayyuhal ikhwa that we ought to study on a regular basis that we ought to understand its words and its meanings and once we've understood its meanings we have to go back again and again and then again over and over for indeed this is from the most important topics that you will ever study we need to make sure that we always come back to this topic and to this book and that we review it and make sure that we've understood every single thing concerning this topic and we ought to memorize it if we're able to and then we need to teach it to our children due to that which is within this book from tremendous meanings a book that in reality is very short yet at the same time has tremendous meanings and tremendous importance as it relates to the very basics of our religion and the religion of the muslim every single one of us is going to be asked in that lonely place in that grave three basic questions three questions o muslim although we say basic don't understand from that that these are light matters that these three basic questions are going to be easy that is going to be an easy ride in the in the grave don't understand that from these when we say these three basic questions yes yes o muslim o brother and o sister yes you can answer them right now yes but how will it be and how will you respond when you're in a completely different situation under completely different circumstances when 
you will actually be living that which we are talking about right now. You will actually be going through that which you learn about the journey of the soul after you die. When you're going to actually be living this under those terrifying circumstances. Very different to now. These three questions of brothers and sisters, although may seem basic, they need to be studied very hard. They need to be understood correctly. And they need to be acted upon. For indeed, knowledge without action becomes knowledge and a proof against you. We need to study these three questions. We need to understand them. We need to act upon them. So that when the time comes of the actual test in the grave, under very different circumstances, the moment when the angels will come to us, that when we're in the thick of it, my brothers and sisters, that we are able to answer with ease, with the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Brothers and sisters, whilst the people around us outside of this masjid, whilst they are doing all kinds of things, most of them related to the matters of this dunya and their desires, that you are here, Allah has guided you to know the importance of studying these three basic questions. Allah has guided you, Allah has favored you. All of those people out there, outside of this masjid, doing all kinds of things, you have left your home on this very cold night for you to come here. Bi'idhnillah, take the reminder and get serious about this journey. This journey that will take place, no doubt. When death comes, when it comes, it does exactly that. It comes. It comes to take you. When it comes, there's no preventing it. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala orders the angels, the angel of death, to come to you, there's no preventing it. There's no turning it back. The preparation for these three questions end right then. No more added time. Whether you're ready or not, whether you're prepared or not, there's no pushing it back. That is your time when death comes. There are no discussions when it comes, ayyul ikhwa. You will answer. Either you will give a good answer or a bad answer. As Allah he mentions that you will indeed travel from stage to stage. You will indeed travel from stage to stage. From this life, you will go into the next life. And the first stage in the next life, the first of abodes and places is the qabr, the grave. On Yom Al-Qiyamah, in the hereafter, there are many stages. Many places that you will visit. Many places that the people will go to and visit. From the graves, you will stand. 
to the mahshar you will go and stand. The mahshar, where every single person will stand. From the mahshar to the sirat, that bridge that has been placed over the hellfire. From us will be those who will cross over this bridge and enter Jannah. From us will be those who will pass like the speed of lightning. From the people will be those who will pass like a rider, a fast rider on a horse. From the people will be those who will run. From them those who will walk and so on. From the people will be those who will fall. Who will fall off this bridge. Fall into where? Into that blazing fire. Many places. But the first abode, the first abode is that grave. That grave, ayyul ikhwa. From the people will be those who will cross the bridge, fall into the fire. Muslims, enter the fire. Be there for a while and then, and then be taken out and entered into Jannah. So don't think to yourself, that these three basic questions, if I answer them, then it's straight to Jannah. Because we're going to see how it's possible that the Muslim, he answers, yes, he answers correctly. However, he may still be punished. There will be Muslims who will still enter the fire for a while and then be taken out and entered into Jannah. However, remember, on that day, Yom Al-Qiyamah, it will be like 50,000 years. The time, the period of time in the hereafter differs from this time. On a day when it will be like 50,000 years. 50,000 years, different abodes and different places that the people will go to. But the first of them, is the qabr, is that grave. The third khalifa in Islam, Uthman ibn Affan, radiallahu anhu, the third best believer after the messenger of Allah وسلم, from this ummah. The Nurain, the one who was married to two daughters of the messenger of Allah وسلم, Ruqayya and Umm Kulthum. Both of them died whilst he was still alive. And in the time of the Messenger of Allah وسلم, the Messenger of Allah وسلم, he said, had I had another daughter to give to you for marriage, I would have given her to you. The Messenger of Allah وسلم, he said about him, ما ضر أثمان ما فعل بعد هذا اليوم. It doesn't harm Uthman what he does after this day, after Yom Badr, after the, the battle of Badr on that day. Why? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala qad attala' ala ahli badr. Because indeed Allah looked to ahli badr on that day. And he said, I'malu ma shi'tum faqad ghafartu lakum. Do as you please. For indeed, I have forgiven you. Ma darra Uthman ma fa'ala ba'da hada al-yawm. It doesn't harm Uthman what he does after this day. But yet, Whenever he stood at a grave, Uthman radiallahu ta'ala an, 
he would cry until his beard be, would become wet. And it would be said to him, Tadhkurul Jannah wa Nar, Wala Tabki. You remember paradise and hellfire, but you don't cry. What Tabki min hadha? But you cry from this by standing at the grave. And so he said, Indeed, the Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said, Inna awwal al manazil fil akhirah. Indeed, the first abode and the first place in the hereafter is the qabr, is the grave. And so he would say, the Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, So if a person, he is saved and successful in the grave, that which will come after it, and that which comes after it is easier. And if he isn't saved from that punishment and from that adab, then whatever comes after it is ashad, is much more worse and greater than that punishment in the grave. And if this is the case, ayyul ikhwa, if this is the case, my brothers and sisters, concerning Uthman ibn Affan, if this is the case with him, the third best of the believers from this ummah, then what about us, ayyul ikhwa? What about us? The companion, Amr ibn As, when he was on his deathbed, when death was approaching him, he said to those around him, he said, when you bury me, stay around my grave for a while. Don't go straight away. He said, because I want you to comfort me. I am comforted by you being around. Stay around my grave. For indeed, I want to see how I respond to the messengers of my Lord. Yani to the angels. Meaning that he wanted them to make dua for him. Due to him, Knowing that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, whenever someone used to pass away, he would order them to make dua for that person. For indeed, he used to say, Ask for him. Ask Allah ta'ala that he gives him tathbeet. He makes him firm and gives him strength. For indeed, now he's being asked. Look at the Sahaba. Sahaba to Rasulullah with everything that they did after being guaranteed Jannah Uthman he was from those 10 guaranteed Jannah it doesn't harm Uthman what he does after this day guaranteed Jannah even with this look how he would cry how he feared for himself the Sahaba how they feared for themselves if this is the case ayyul with the Sahaba, if this is the case with them, then what about us? After you are placed in that grave, when your family, when they come, when they place you in that grave, when they walk away and you are left there on your own, they will come with you three things. Two of them will go back. One of them will remain. 
There are three things that accompany, go along with the dead person to his grave. Ahluhu, maluhu, wa amaluhu. His family, his wealth, and his actions. Two of them go back. One of them remains. His family will go back. His wealth will go back. His actions will remain with him in the grave. When your family go back, when they go back, when they go back to that place where you used to sit with them and talk with them and sit with them, when the tears that roll down from their faces begin to dry, when that wealth that you used to gather in this dunya, when they begin to share it amongst themselves and distribute it amongst themselves, you will be alone in your grave in this very serious situation. Brothers and sisters, Al-Bara, Ibn Azib, Sahabi Al-Jaleel, he mentions in a very detailed hadith, in a hadith which will form the basis of what we're going to talk about over the next few weeks, that hadith wherein he mentions we went out with the Prophet to a burial of a man from the Ansar until we arrived at a grave and the man still hadn't been placed into the grave. The Messenger of Allah he sat down and we sat around him as though there were birds on our head, meaning due to the silence they were so still, due to the silence between them. And in the hand of the Messenger of Allah was a stick with which he was scratching the ground. And he raised his head and he said, min Seek refuge and protection from the punishment of the grave. He said it two or three times. And then he said, Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min Three times. O Allah, I seek protection in you from the punishment of the grave. Three times. And then he said, Truly, indeed, the believing servant, when leaving this life and journeying to the hereafter, angels will descend. Angels will descend upon him. Their faces will be white and as bright as the sun. They will have with them a shroud, kafan, from Jannah. This is for the believing servant, the mu'min, the believer. They will have with them a shroud from the shrouds of paradise and perfume from paradise. He will see them as far as the eye can see. Then the angel of death will come and sit by his head and say, Oh, you good soul, come out to forgiveness and pleasure from Allah. So his soul will come out just like a drop of water comes out from the water skin. Just like a drop of water drops from the jug. 
with ease. His soul will leave his body with ease. Then he will take it, the angel, not leaving it in his hand, his soul, longer than a blink of the eye, until the angels have placed it in that shroud and perfume. There will come from it a smell like that of the most sweet-smelling musk on the face of the earth. Then they shall ascend with it, and they shall not pass by any group of angels, except that they will say, what is this good and sweet-smelling soul? And so the angel of death will say, this is so-and-so, the son of so-and-so. And he will call him by the best of names that, the, that he used to be called in this life. Until they reach the lowest sky, then they shall ask permission to enter. And they shall be granted entry until the end of the seventh heaven. Then Allah will say, write the book of my servant in Illiyin, that register, a kitab, murqum, that book which is murqum, yani with numbers, recorded, registered to the detail, all of his good deeds. Marqum with numbers, to the detail, with numbers, that you did this, you did this. Number one, you did this. Number two, you did this. Number three, you did this. With numbers. Write the book of my servant in Illiyin. And so his book will be written in Illiyin. And it shall be said, return him to the earth. For I promised them, I have created them from it, from the earth. And into it, I shall return them. And from it, I shall resurrect them. Minha khalaqanakum wa fiha nu'idukum. From it, from the earth, we created you. And we will return you back into the earth, and into the grave, under the earth. And from it, we shall raise you again. So he's returned to earth, and his soul is returned to his body. Then, two angels shall come Two severe angels shall come, terrify him, terrify him, sit him up next to them. They shall ask him, these two angels known as Munkar Wanakir, Munkar Wanakir, the two angels who will ask you these three questions, these three questions in the grave, get to know them now. Get to know Munkar and Nakir now. For indeed they will ask you. It is mentioned that Munkar and Nakir are the two angels that will ask the disbeliever and the hypocrite. And Mubashir and Bashir will ask the believer. However, that which is more authentic and correct is that it is Munkar and Nakir. Get to know them now. Munkar and Nakir. They will ask you. These three questions. They will sit him up. They will ask him, Who is your Lord? Who is your Lord? He shall reply, The believer. He will reply, My Lord is Allah. Then they shall ask him, What is your religion? He shall answer them, My religion 
my religion is Islam. Then they shall ask him the third question. Who is the man who was sent to you? He will reply, he is the messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Then they shall ask him, how did you know this? He shall reply, I read the book of Allah, and then I believed in it, and accepted it. And this is a matter that we're going to study in the upcoming weeks, bi'idnillah. Bima arafta rabbak. Bima arafta rabbak. In the book that we're going to study. And once you study these three matters, Bima arafta rabbak. How do you know your Lord? How do you know these matters? How do you know? And so the believer will say, I read the Quran. I believed in it. And I followed it. In one wording, when he will be asked, how did you know this man? Or, how were you with this man who was sent to you? And who was this man that was sent to you? He will say, Muhammad, Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi He's Muhammad, the messenger of Allah. Ja'ana bil wal huda. He came to us with bayinat, with clear evidences. Clear evidences, wal huda and guidance. فأمنا. And so we believed. فأجبنا. We responded and we believed. وَاتَّبَعْنَا. And we followed. For indeed, O Muslim, it is not just enough for you to say that I believe in the Messenger of Allah I believe in Islam and I believe in following the Messenger of Allah lip service only. وَاتَّبَعْنَا. We followed him. We followed his sunnah. We followed his teachings. We acted upon that. This shows to us that we must follow him. We must follow the messenger of Allah Wasallam. And then the angel will ask him, as we said, he will ask him these three questions. As for the believer, Allah will keep him firm. Allah will keep him firm and he will answer. Al-Bara, the one narrating this hadith, he mentioned, the Messenger of Allah وسلم, he said concerning the ayah In Surah Ibrahim That the Messenger of Allah وسلم, he said concerning this ayah that it was revealed this ayah was revealed concerning Adab al-Qabr and the questioning in the grave that Allah, that Allah will make firm the believer. Not us, not that you are going to be firm. You say to yourself right now, I'm going to be firm. Allah is the one through his tawfiq and to whoever he grants his success and grants him firmness and strength that he will answer with la ilaha illallah. In some narrations that we will say la ilaha illallah. And he will answer these three questions. So he will answer, the believer, he will answer, my Lord is Allah, my, my religion is Islam, and my prophet is Muhammad sallallahu Then a caller will call from the sky, my slave has spoken the truth. So spread out for him from paradise and clothe him with clothes of paradise and open a door for him from paradise.
within his grave. So its goodness and its smell will come to him. Then his grave will be expanded. His grave will be expanded for him as far as the eye can see. Then a man will come to him. His face will be handsome. He'll be wearing fine clothes, beautiful clothes. His smell will be sweet. Then he shall say to him, I bring you glad tidings of that which will make you happy. Then he will say, the believer will say, who are you? For your face is the face of someone who comes with good news. And he shall reply, I am your good actions. Three things follow the mayit, the one who is dead to his graves. How many go back? Two. What are those two? His family, his wealth, one remains. His actions. This person is his actions. In fact, Ibn Habban, in the hadith recorded by Ibn Habban, that a salah will be by his head. The salah that he used to pray will be by his head. It's a cap that he used to give on his right. His psalm that he used to fast on his left. And every other good action by his feet. Three things. Two of them go back. Your family and your, and your wealth. They will forget you after a while. Your wealth will be distributed amongst them. The only thing that will remain for you, a Muslim, is your actions. And so he will say, I am your good actions. Then he shall say, the believer he shall say, my Lord, bring about the hour. Bring about the hour so that I may return to my family and to my wealth. Then it will be said to him, be calm. Be calm and be tranquil. And he said, concerning the disbeliever, concerning the transgressor, the evil, wicked person, when he leaves this life and journeys to the hereafter, think, O Muslim, now, that this could be you. You don't know how you're going to end. You don't know your final end. But take the means. Try your best to remain steadfast. Be with the righteous, just like you are here today, with the righteous. Learning your religion. Remaining steadfast. Performing those actions that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made obligatory upon you. Your salah, your psalm, your zakat. That these actions may help you in your grave and accompany you to your grave. The disbeliever, when he leaves this life and journeys to the hereafter, the angels will descend upon him. Their faces will be black. They will have with them a rough, prickly, bristly fabric made of fire. He will see them as far as the eye can see. And the angel of death will come and sit at his head 
and would say, Oh, wicked soul, oh, evil soul, wicked soul, come out to anger from your Lord and fury from your Lord. So the fabric will be spread out throughout his body. That it will be ripped away, his soul will be ripped away. Like a skewer, spit, that is ripped out of wool. And on its way out, it will, it will tear and cut the nerves and blood vessels. And he will be cursed by all the angels between the earth and the heavens. The gates of heaven, the gates of, of the heavens will be closed. There is no gate in the heavens, but its inhabitants will supplicate, make dua, that this wicked soul does not be brought to their side. Then he will take the soul, the angel will take the soul, not leaving it in his hand for longer than a blink of an eye until they have placed it in that sackcloth. And they will come out from it a stench, a smell, like that of the most evil smelling corpse on the face of the earth. Like the smell of the most evil and disgusting smelling body, that dead body of any dead body upon the earth. And then they shall ascend to the heavens and they shall not pass, the angel shall not pass with the soul by any group of angels except that they would say, what is this wicked soul? Then they shall say to them, that this is so-and-so, the son of so-and-so, choosing the most hated of names he used to be called in this life. Until they reach the lowest heaven, then they shall ask permission to enter. And they shall not be given permission to enter. And the Messenger of Allah, وسلم, he recited, لا تفتح لهم أبواب السماء ولا يدخلون الجنة حتى يلج الجمل في سم الخياط that the doors to the heavens will be closed for them. And they will not enter paradise. Up until the camel enters that hole in the needle. That hole in which that thread goes through in the needle. Can a camel fit through that whole they will never enter Jannah then Allah shall say write the book of my servant in Sijin in the lowest earth Sijin what is Sijin? Kitabun Marqum Kitab that is Marqum recorded ikhwa, with numbers every evil deed you did every evil deed ikhwa. Marqum with numbers. Number one, you did this. Number two, you did this. Number three, you did this. Number four, you did this. Evil deeds. Then it will be said, return my slave to the earth. For I promised them that I have created them from it and into it they shall return and from it I shall resurrect them for a second time. Then his soul shall be taken away from the sky and thrown 
thrown into his body on the earth. Then his soul, after his return, returned into his body. The two angels shall come, terrify him, and sit him up, and ask him, Who is your Lord? He shall reply, Huh? Huh? I don't know. What is your religion? Huh? Huh? I don't know. Who is that man that was sent to you? Huh? Huh? I don't know. Then a caller will call from the sky that he has lied. Kadab, he has lied because the religion of Allah was clear. The prophethood of Muhammad was clear. He has lied. A man came to him. Muhammad came to us, ayyul ikhwah. Clear. The truth of Islam is clear. The prophethood of Muhammad is clear. It is up to us whether we act and whether we, or whether we turn away. So spread out for him from the hellfire and open a door. Open a door for him from the hellfire within his grave so it's heat and hot wind will come to him. Then his grave will be contracted upon him until his ribs crush into one another. Then a man will come to him. His face will be ugly. His clothes will be ugly. His smell will be vile and disgusting. Then he shall say to him, I bring you tidings of that which will harm you. This is the day you were promised. Then he will say, the disbeliever and the hypocrite, he will say, who are you? He will reply, I am your evil deeds. And then one who is blind, deaf, will be placed in charge of him with a sledgehammer made of iron. A sledgehammer made of iron with which if a mountain was hit would turn to dust. And he will smash, he will smash the hammer. He will use the hammer and smash the disbeliever and the hypocrite in his grave until he smashes into dust. And then Allah will cause him to come back into his original form and he will keep doing it again and again. The wisdom behind Allah making him blind and deaf is so that he doesn't see the pain that he's going through and that he can't hear his screaming so that he's not taken by mercy for this person. Everything will hear the scream of the disbeliever except for the jinn of mankind. And the door of hell will be opened. The door of hell will be opened within his grave and sheets of hellfire will be spread out for him in his grave. And he shall say, My Lord, do not bring about the hour. Do not bring about the hour. And it is mentioned, Ayyul Ikhwa, 
والأخوات that the angel on the journey will take the believer to see his place in the hellfire had he not believed had he not practiced Islam had he not followed the messenger of Allah وسلم, that this would have been your place in hellfire had you not done these things had you not answered correctly likewise the disbeliever he will be taken and shown his place in paradise if he had believed if he practiced Islam if he followed the messenger of Allah وسلم, that would have been his place is there anything O Muslim is there anything more important than these three questions and us preparing ourselves for this very serious moment is there anything more important than this there is no doubt that this is the most important the most serious the most important exam the most important test the most important interview that you're ever going to face so why why do we act as though this affair is going to be easy that this test is going to be easy why in our actions when we heard when we have heard all of this that we when we leave when we leave from this masjid after we've heard the seriousness what every single one of us will go through that we forget that we forget and we carry on we're chasing this dunya chasing that which will not benefit us yes O Muslim yes right now if I was to ask you right now who is your Lord what is your religion who is your prophet yes you can answer yes you can answer right now but under those circumstances when death is approaching you by Allah so many stories we heard just even a year like a year ago in the kingdom Saudi Arabia a brother he told us of how he was present when a group of youth Muslims youth young in a car had an accident the brother amongst those who went to rescue them pulled them out of the car dragged them out of the car one or two of them still alive they say, they were saying to them say la ilaha illallah qul la ilaha illallah say la ilaha illallah the messenger of allah sallallahu he said he commanded us laqinu mawtakum la ilaha illallah laqinu mawtakum when death has approached or is approaching those who are dying amongst you Get them to say La ilaha illallah. Man kana akhir kalimat La ilaha illallah dakhal jannah. The one who dies and his last words are La ilaha illallah will enter jannah. Drag them out. Say La ilaha illallah. Couldn't say it. Singing. Singing ayyul ikhwah. Singing songs. Under these circumstances, when death is coming to you, all, 
all he could do was sing. Filled his heart with music. Filled his heart with songs, lyrics, such and such tune. Heart was filled with this. And so at that point now, when death, when death, when it's approached you, what have you filled your heart with? Did you fill your heart with la ilaha illallah? Did you fill your heart with the dhikr of Allah? So that when death comes to you, that it rolls off the tongue. That you say la ilaha illallah. That your last words are la ilaha illallah. In a Muslim land, in a Muslim land surrounded by masajid, these youth surrounded by masajid, surrounded by mosques, Saudi Arabia, the heart of the, Mus of the Muslim lands, Dar al-Haramain, the place of the two harams, surrounded by mosques, hearing the adhan five times a day. But yet, at that moment, couldn't say la ilaha illallah. What have you filled your heart with? What have you filled it with? Fear Allah. Let us all fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And get serious about this very serious situation. Ayyul ikhwa. Asallallahu subhana. Ayyuthabbitana bilqawli thabit fil hayati dunya wa fil akhirah. I ask Allah Azza wa Jal that He makes us of those who remain firm and He gives us strength. He gives us strength in that grave so that we may, we may answer those three questions. Over the next coming weeks, we're going to continue with studying these three matters. <clears throat> and these three questions. Next week, we're going to talk about how, and we're going to see for ourselves how we wash the dead person. How when you, when you will be, when you, when you will die, how your beloved ones, your family, how they will wash your body. Your body will be still. Not moving. Your family will come wash your body. We're going to look at also how we shroud the body. How we place the body in that shroud. We have some questions that I put together from some of the scholars concerning some of those questions that you may have very quickly. Some of the questions that you may have concerning the grave and, and its punishment and the question in the grave. The first question, is the punishment in the grave specific to this ummah? Is the punishment in the grave specific to this ummah? The ayah, يُثَبِّتُ اللَّهُ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا فِي الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا وَفِي الْآخِرَةِ That verse that we mentioned, that Allah keeps firm those who believe. Allah will keep them firm in the grave. 
that this verse points to the fact that people will be asked in their graves and they will be trialed. It is not specific to the Ummah of Muhammad Wasallam. It is well known that this Ummah will be asked about Muhammad Wasallam, And it is well known that the people will be asked, the other people will be asked about their prophets and their messengers. That we shall indeed ask those who had messengers sent to them and we will ask the messengers. But does that mean that the messengers will be asked in their grave? No. Indeed, it is the people who will be asked about their messengers. Who was this man that was sent to you? This verse in its general meaning indicates that this tithbeet and Allah keeping firm, keeping that person firm in the grave, that this happens in this life and in the next and that will occur, that will not occur except for one who has Iman. And Iman is not specific just to this Ummah. What is the ruling of the one who rejects the punishment of the grave? It is well known that rejecting the punishment of the grave is a rejection of something that is well known through many ahadith, al-mutawatira, meaning so many ahadith that have been recorded by so many companions that it is impossible that they all came together upon a lie. So the one who rejects it whilst being aware, meaning not due to ignorance, it's feared for him that he is a disbeliever. Sheikh Salih al-Fawzan said he is a disbeliever. The one who rejects it. Why? Because it's so, there's so many evidences. And the verse in the Quran, An-Nar yu'radona alayha wadawwan wa'ashiyya wa yawma taqoomu sa'a adkhilu ala fir'aun ashadd al-adhab The fire, they are exposed to it. In their graves, they are exposed to it. They will see it morning and afternoon. And when that hour is established, it will be said to the angels, cause Fir'aun and his people to enter the severest torment. So the one who rejects the punishment in the grave, then he rejects that which has come in the Quran. And that which has come in the authentic sunnah. So if he persists after this being explained to him, then... That which is apparent is that he is a disbeliever. Is it possible for a Muslim, very important question, is it possible for a Muslim to answer the questions in the grave even if he was sinful and fell short but was upon Tawheed? But he was upon Tawheed. He used to worship Allah alone. He didn't commit shirk. Yes, the answer. Yes, the one who was a believer will be able to answer. As for the disbeliever or hypocrite, then he will not be able to answer ever. Those who have for them nothing except fire and punishment. They are the, dis the, the disbelievers and the hypocrites. As for the rest of the people, from the Muslims, such as the sinful ones, then they will be under the will of Allah. He may pardon and forgive the sinner and pardon him from the punishment of the grave and the fire. And so the one who is punished in the grave for Namima, the hadith, as you know, the one who was when the Messenger of Allah, he walked by the grave of two people, both of them being punished. One, he said, because of Namima, spreading gossip amongst the people. The other one, due to not cleaning himself properly from urine. This shows to us that the Muslim, because this is referring to a Muslim, to a believer. That the believer 
can be punished in his grave. Because if they were not believers, then they will not have that light punishment. They will have the punishment and the adab of the disbeliever. So the answering of the questions in the grave, it is hoped that every Muslim will answer. However, it is not, it is not to be said that every person that answers with the correct answer, that he is saved from the punishment of the, of the fire. And that all Muslims who are not hypocrites and disbelievers, that they will not be punished in the grave. Rather, it is possible that Allah may forgive Allah may forgive some people, some Muslims, and so they are not punished in the grave, nor the hellfire, or Allah may cause that person to be punished in the grave, and that, that suffices him from being punished in the hellfire. Or, if Allah wills, punished in the grave, and punished in the hellfire. Ibn Qayyim, very important ayyulukwa. Ibn Qayyim in Kitab al-Ruh, in his book, where he talks about the soul. And he talked about the punishment of the grave. And he says that a person, a person who delays the prayer, a person who delays the prayer, who prays the prayer out of his, towards the end of his time, or out of his time. He prays, but he prays at the end of his time. Or out of his time. Fajr. Fajr, we don't wake up. Sleep, that sleep is too nice. Pray it when I wake up. What about then the one who doesn't even pray? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, Those, woe to those who pray their prayers, who delay their prayers, pray them in other than their fixed times. Woe to them, they pray, but they pray out of its time. Then what about the one who doesn't pray? What about the one who doesn't even care about praying? Ibn Qayyim, he says, a person who delays his prayer, who doesn't give his zakah, who doesn't perform hajj, although he has the ability, who doesn't care whether his money is from halal or haram, the one who doesn't keep ties with his relatives, one who's not merciful to the poor or to the animals and busies himself with the faults of others. He busies himself with the sins of others. These people and their likes will be punished for these sins based on how great or little they are if Allah does not forgive this person. The one who is not buried in a grave, will the punishment in the grave come to him? Like the one who is eaten by some predatory animal, by a lion, by a tiger, or drowned in the sea, or was burnt up until there's nothing left from his body. This doesn't mean that he or she will be safe from the punishment in the grave. The punishment in the grave will reach whoever is deserving of it, whether he's in the grave or not. Allah is capable of all things. He is able to bring about the punishment to the one who wasn't, who wasn't buried in a grave. The fire in the grave is from the fire of the hereafter, not the fire of this life. Allah keeps it hidden from us. But that which is more greater than this is the fact that you have more than one person buried together in the same grave. Two men, one over the other. 
this one in a pit of fire and the other one in a garden from the garden's paradise. The heat of the fire doesn't even reach him. Although they are buried directly next to each other. Maybe even one over the other. Jibreel would come to the Prophet ﷺ in the form of a man and speak to him. Whilst others could not see him or hear him. The jinn who live around us speak with loud voices, but yet we don't hear them. And so, this matter of the grave and the punishment in the grave. And if we were to open the grave, although we don't see this punishment or we don't see the bliss, then that is something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has kept hidden from us. The last question, is it true that the majority of those from the ummah of Muhammad who are punished in the grave is due to urine? Is this correct? A question that was, that was posed to Sheikh Ibn, Aba, Ibn Baz, rahimahullah. The Sheikh, he answered by saying, this is correct. The Prophet, وسلم, he said, Guard yourself, protect yourself from urine. For indeed, most of those punished in the grave, in the, in the grave is due to urine and not purifying oneself and protecting oneself correctly from urine. Hada wa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een.